Hey friends, welcome back to Metacosmios, a podcast with astrological forecasts for pasts and other cosmic chit-chat. I'm your host, Jay, translator of Planetary Cadence, also known as an astrologer. Thanks so much for being here. Happy February, my cosmic companions. I hope you're having a great Aquarius season so far. It's certainly been a busy one as far as the astro weather goes. That last weekend of January was so packed. And we've got a very similar amount of activity coming our way in February, but in a completely different environment. That last weekend in January was so much about the Capricorn and Taurus and Pisces areas of our chart, but February brings a lot of focus to the Aquarius house, and we're going to be navigating some totally new and for the first time transits that I'm going to talk about on this episode. And they're all happening in our Aquarius house, and they're all happening in relation to Pluto. I mean, you already clicked on the episode. You already read the title. You know what's up, but we're going to be talking about some Pluto conjunctions. So, you know, by now you've all heard that Pluto is in Aquarius. Everyone's talking about it. I've mentioned it in a previous episode. I've talked about it in my newsletter a couple of times. It's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal because Pluto only changes signs every 15-ish to 20-ish years. Its transit time really depends on the sign that it's moving through. Like it spends a different amount of time in each sign. So anyways, but it spends a long time in every sign. It's our slowest moving planet. So it's rare for Pluto to change signs. And when it does, it marks a shift in the overall landscape of cosmic energy. You know, so since 2008, we've been experiencing Pluto moving through Capricorn and Pluto's not quite done with Capricorn either. It is it is going to retrograde back to the final degree of that sign for about 10 weeks from September to November of 2024. But then as of November 19th, 2024, Pluto will settle into Aquarius for the next 20 years. And we did already have a brief glimpse at Pluto and Aquarius last year. It was a bit like a teaser trailer for the transit. And then this current period of time that we're in is kind of like the full length preview. And then when November comes, you know, we get the actual feature film. Or maybe it's more like we get several seasons of TV all at once. You know, instead of like a a full season drop, we get like a 20 season drop, but we can't even binge it. You know, we probably don't want to binge it. Like that would be a lot. And it's definitely going to be a rewatcher. You know, we're going to get to season five and think, we should probably go back and review season one and see what we're forgetting, what, what pieces of the puzzle we're not remembering. Okay. Hopefully that made sense. But the point is, Pluto moves slow, its transits are slow, its transitions between signs is slow, and the work we do with Pluto is really deep and profound, and you just can't rush that kind of thing. So right now, as Pluto dips its little toes into the first 
degree or so, maybe the first two degrees of Aquarius, we're sensing that the undercurrents and the undertones are shifting. And back to that teaser trailer that we got in 2023, when Pluto arrived in Aquarius last year, it was after Aquarius season had already happened. And so that means it was it was arriving after the sun had already made its yearly journey through Aquarius. We had already had our Aquarius new moon for the year. And the planets that typically visit Aquarius on an annual basis, so like Venus and Mercury, they had also already completed their transit. And so for the first time this year and the first time in our lifetimes, we're going to get Pluto forming conjunctions with Mercury, Mars, and Venus. And it's all going to happen during Aquarius season. So that's what I mean. That that area of our chart, that house in our chart is like really lit up over these next couple of weeks. So that's kind of exciting. Like we're getting all of these new activations and really in kind of, in my opinion, the most powerful configuration, two planets coming together at the exact same degree of a sign is really important. And it's all this new energy. You know, we've experienced, let's say, Mercury-Pluto together, but in other signs. In our lifetime, you know, probably a lot of you have felt that definitely in Capricorn, potentially in Sagittarius, maybe even in Scorpio, and, you know, maybe even in Libra, depending. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, But we've never felt Mercury together, Mercury-Pluto together in Aquarius. So we get to do this new thing, these new things, uh, and with that might come a little bit of apprehension, right? Because it's all so unknown. You know, obviously there are speculations that we can make, which I'll be doing in this episode, but there is a bit of mystery as we head into these conjunctions. There's a sense that we're going to be uncovering clues and details as we move through each of these happenings. And Pluto is all about uncovering and revealing, about bringing things into the light and into our conscious awareness. Pluto takes us to the underworld for a death and rebirth process. We move from deconstruction to reconstruction. Pluto is about profound change and transformation. It also speaks to control and power dynamics. And at the very early stages of a Pluto transit, we're becoming aware of what's really starting to call our attention. So we're taking notice of the topics in our Aquarius house, you know, the topics that are really intriguing us, really compelling us and arousing a kind of intense interest and obsession maybe. And it's maybe around things that we've never really considered up until now. We're starting to deconstruct that area of our lives, to pull it apart and really question the current status of things and to deeply examine the motivations in this area of life, to get really under the surface and see what's going on. It is a bit of shadow work, especially when you consider Pluto relates to things like taboo subjects and what's occulted in current society. Pluto goes to uncomfortable and raw and real 
places. And since Aquarius is an air sign, there's probably going to be some larger overall themes with this transit related to ideas, information, concepts, education, technology, beliefs, the underlying understandings and perspectives that shape our experiences, that inform the ways we see the world. These things are going to be changing. We're going to be asked to confront the shadow of those things individually and collectively. And I think as these planets meet with Pluto in this new environment of Aquarius, not only will we start to become aware of what this transit is going to mean for us personally, but we might also find how we're going to be part of the collective story. You know, what roles we're going to be playing in the coming 20 years, in the two decades ahead with Pluto and Aquarius. One of the main ideas that myself and many other astrologers have kind of tapped into for this Pluto and Aquarius transit is its potential to place power back in the hands of the people. You know, as I mentioned, Pluto speaks to power and control and who has it and should they have it? Is there an imbalance? Air has a dispersing quality. It moves things. And so we might see, for example, a push to decentralize power, to redistribute power, to take power from the few and give it to the many. Pluto in Aquarius is in opposition to the sign of Leo. Aquarius and Leo sit across from each other in the chart. And Leo is a sign ruled by the sun, the leader, and the like central figure archetype. And so we're in opposition to that with Pluto and Aquarius. And of course, there's a lot of other ideas and theories and projections about what Pluto and Aquarius might bring, but all Pluto transits affect the collective on a larger scale in some way because it really marks, like Pluto's transits really mark these like epics of time. And we all play some kind of role in whatever story is currently unfolding on a collective level. And I think these initial conjunctions between Mercury, Mars, Venus, and Pluto, you know, as they begin to basically world build the 20 seasons ahead of Pluto and Aquarius, they start to set the scene. You know, they add texture to the world. They introduce the characters and the major themes. And they might point towards some of the roles that are going to be needed in the collective moving forward. And they might inspire us to figure out what roles we might be best suited to play. And I think that we'll probably get better confirmation of this, you know, as this transit moves forward, we're really in these very early, very beginning stages. And then next year when the sun finally forms its conjunction with Pluto and Aquarius for the first time, I think that will really shed some light on the subject. That might really start to round things out. But again, it's a it's a two-decade transit, so this is really, really just the beginning. But I thought it might be fun to explore these first conjunctions and offer some ideas about what 
texture they're adding to the story and and what kind of roles they might represent. Now, of course, this is all going to completely hinge on your own natal chart as well. You know, maybe you're a Virgo rising and so the Mercury conjunction is going to be pretty important for you specifically because Mercury is the planet that rules your rising sign. It rules your ascendant and that's a very important planet for you. So the Mercury conjunct Pluto might be the most impactful for you. Something might immediately click. It might offer you way more insight than like, let's say the Venus Pluto conjunction. And beyond anything that, you know, Mercury, Mars, and Venus might represent on a collective scale, they're also all going to have their own meanings based on your chart. So again, going back to that Virgo rising, somebody with a Virgo rising or a Virgo ascendant will have Gemini in the 10th house of career. And so in addition to Mercury speaking to topics like the mind and communication and the marketplace on a collective scale, in a Virgo rising chart, Mercury will also have something to do with the self, that first house, that ascendant, and also the career, that Gemini in the 10th house. So you just want to keep your own chart in mind as I move through these conjunctions and you know, there's the Aquarius of it all as well. Like that is the house where this is all taking place. So the topics of your Aquarius house are also going to be incredibly relevant. Maybe you're an Aquarius rising and these conjunctions are bringing a lot of self-revelation, whereas for a Leo rising, those revelations might be happening in the area of close partnerships and committed relationships. A cancer rising might be navigating some new awareness around things like debt and death. Basically, as with any astrology forecast, you got to relate it back to your chart. And if you need any help with that, I got you covered with astrology readings. Check out the links in the show notes for information on consultations. And I am working on a specific reading for Pluto and Aquarius. So stay tuned for that as well. But, you know, basically what I'm proposing here is that as these conjunctions happen, perhaps we get inspired by a particular energy. We feel a resonance with something that occurs in our lives or on a collective scale in relation to these aspects, and it makes us aware of how we might be able to also offer that kind of energy or help in that way or or something to that nature. And as we move through, I'll mention the dates that each of these aspects is going to take place, but I would really extend it to kind of the the day on either side because they'll still be within active range. I kind of think this is the energy for kind of those first two full weeks of February, but I will give specific dates. So the first one is Mercury conjunct Pluto happening on February 5th, taking place at zero degrees of Aquarius. And actually, that's something else I should say is that if you have any planets or if you have an angle at zero degrees of Aquarius, these conjunctions are also going to be potentially very, very potent for you. Okay, Mercury conjunct Pluto. This is about the effect on the mind our perspective, 
the conversations that we have, the questions that we ask, the way we interpret the world around us and then communicate about it. This is about the power of words and ideas, you know, an idea that is powerful enough to change society and societal structures and help us progress forward as a people. It's the deconstruction of old understandings that kind of happens as new truths are revealed and new information comes to light, and then the reconstruction of new understandings. So basically, you know, getting rid of old beliefs and welcoming new beliefs. Mercury conjunct Pluto might speak to a reckoning in terms of the way our information is controlled. Mercury Pluto wants to know the truth of who's controlling information and its distribution, who's controlling the conversation, who dictates what we learn in school, who decides the narratives that we see on the news, what systems control what we're allowed to see on social media, and who or what uses that information that we share in public and online spaces to gain more power and control. Pluto Mercury really wants to dig deep into these topics and expose the truth of it all. So the roles here are the investigative journalists, the researchers, the truth tellers, the people who aren't afraid to ask the tough and probing questions or to talk about taboo and uncomfortable subjects, who aren't afraid to do the work of exposing the underbelly of like polite society and all the harm that it covers up. Mercury Pluto can be very persuasive with words. And so these are writers and and podcasters and people who will use their voice to speak the truth and do what they can to make sure important and factual information is distributed. These are the people who can debate and help others see a new perspective. They might help to deconstruct societal rules and then reconstruct them in more progressive and inclusive ways. When we need to strategize efforts or find solutions to problems, the Mercury-Pluto combo can be very helpful. This is also the role of people in technology and, and finding ways of creating technology that gives more power to the collective. This could even be the therapist or the grief counselor or someone who helps to guide others on this underworld journey. You know, part of the mythology around Mercury is this archetype of psychopomp, a guide for souls and a figure who can move between worlds. And we can see that in Mercury's actual movements. You know, it reaches parts of the sky that other planets just don't reach. So it can kind of help us find our way in that sense. So then we have the Mars-Pluto conjunction. This is happening on February 14th. And this is a much crunchier aspect. In my forecasts for the Cosmic Map Coven, I always highlight aspects that look really favorable as well as the ones that look more challenging so that we can kind of, you know, keep our eye on them. And this Mars-Pluto conjunction was my pick for the most challenging aspect of Aquarius season. And it's because Mars can be 
really agitating in an air sign. You know, Mars brings heat and friction, and in an air sign, it's bringing that to the mental realm. And Mars is also a malefic planet. That means it's a more challenging planet, and it tends to bring extremes, and Pluto can then intensify those extremes. So this aspect is probably going to feel a little bit sharp. It's really not the most pleasant combination, putting it lightly. And Mars conjunct Pluto is about power struggles, about vying for control. It's about the ways that we are controlled and the ways that we exert control. It's potentially about uncovering abuses and misuses of power and authority. It's about assertiveness, willpower, motivation, tackling challenges with extreme focus and determination, pushing your way through challenges. And it can really highlight the destructive power of beliefs and ideas, the ways that we fight each other over our differing beliefs and ideas and our obsession with being right or being part of the group who is seen as, you know, the the right ones. And so the question kind of becomes, how do we channel all of this potential aggression and anger for something good? Like, how do we allow this heat to be transformative in beneficial ways? And I think it's, you know, we take action. I kind of see this role as the disruptor. You know, the people who are stopping arms shipments from going to Israel, right? They're the protesters. This is the resistance, that effort and that push from Mars, and perhaps an underground resistance given that we are in Pluto's underworld, so to speak. Mars can be about advocacy, and in the air signs, it's often advocacy on behalf of those who maybe have less power or who don't have a voice or those who are going unheard and unseen. So I could see this as being an advocate for reforms in mental health and education or fighting for net neutrality, you know, working to expose double standards and hidden power dynamics. There's something here too about leading by example in terms of Standing in your own power and not trying to compete with others, only with the self. You know, worrying about beating our own best record rather than trying to best someone else. So these are the people who can show us how to stand in our own power and also how to share power in a way. You know, sharing isn't a very Marsy signification, but it's kind of sharing through the cutting away. So like someone who is able to sever the ties of control and power from one singular source so that it might be dispersed to several sources. Now, a planet that is very much about sharing is Venus. And that's our final conjunction to look at. And that one takes place on February 17th. So Venus conjunct Pluto really relates to relationships, creativity, desires, and the power of those things, the depth and the intimacy of those topics and where we're willing to go to certain depths and certain intimacies with those topics. It's about honesty and loyalty within connection. 
this combination is very magnetic. You know, it's the power of persuasion. There's a very charming and alluring quality. Our social skills might be really on point here. This is about strengthening depth and intimacy in relationships, getting closer to someone through the sharing of ideas, through communication in some way. And I kind of see this role as the artists, the creatives, the people whose work inspires others to take up a cause. There's something so captivating and compelling about the art, the music, the stories these people create and share that other people are moved to find their own power. And I think these are also community organizers. And I really could have said that about the Mercury-Pluto conjunction as well. And, you know, some logistical help from Mercury could be useful, a good to-do list and some assistance with the details. But Venus harmonizes and brings things and people together. It creates unions and alliances. So I definitely see that captivating and compelling quality of Venus-Pluto being used to create networks and groups of people that can collaborate and work together towards shared goals. And also, you know, being in community in general is so important. I mean, just in general for humans, you know, mental health. But for so long, one of the tactics of people in power and systems and institutions that hold power has been to separate and keep people divided, keep people at odds and disconnected and and feeling a lack of love or care for other groups um, so that we'll continue to fight one another instead of the people in power and the systems and the institutions that continue to cause the most harm. So community connection can be really powerful. And Venus is also about pleasure. And so maybe these are the folks that are guiding us towards pleasure activism, you know, embracing the idea that changing the world doesn't have to mean being burnt out and miserable. Making an impact can be really difficult and taxing because we're up against systems that are so entrenched and have their tendrils of control so enmeshed with all of society. But we can use joy as a source of power to keep fighting. You know, capitalism certainly doesn't want us finding joy and happiness. It needs us to be broken so that we remain tired and complacent. So joy and pleasure can be their own forms of resistance. Now, obviously, there's a lot more that can be said about each of these conjunctions. There's so many ways that they could play out. And again, they're happening for the first time in our lifetimes in Aquarius. So there's going to be so much to learn and discover. For more of an individual perspective, you might want to check out my consultations, you know, ask an astrologer. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a specific reading for Pluto and Aquarius. So you might just want to hold out for that. So I hope all of this information has been helpful, inspiring, at least entertaining, but thank you for listening. Let me know what you thought about all of this info or, you know, 
get in touch with how these conjunctions end up playing out for you. I always love to hear about how the astrology actually comes to life for people. So send me an, a message on Instagram at Jasmine's Astrology. I think you can even send a voice message on Spotify. So that could be cool. I would love to hear your voices. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm wishing you all the best revelations and reclamations of power with these Pluto transits. And I will be back soon with more cosmic chit chat. But until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos.